Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey, everybody, it's great uh, to be together with you today. Um, I would love to begin uh, by talking a little bit about glitter. We all know it and love it, right? Uh, Glitter has this incredible capacity uh, to get stuck anywhere, (laughs) anywhere that it is, right? Whether it's your hair or the corner of a minivan, like if glitter's around, it's getting stuck somewhere. Um, And we know that it's there because it reflects light when nothing else around it is. And we've been playing around with this metaphor, and I love it. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that it is helpful for us this month as we talk about uh, the generosity of God and what it looks like for us to reflect that generosity in and around our community. Here's the question I'd like to ask. What would it look like if we as a church simply scattered the goodness of God all around our community like glitter? Um, what if in small ways and in underappreciated and underrecognized like places in the places that we live and work and play, we scattered like glitter, the goodness of God. Um, a lot of times, frankly, uh, as a church, not necessarily our church, but just kind of the church, uh, when we talk about serving, when we talk about generosity, sometimes, sometimes we talk about it in ways that, uh, I mean, I think are well-intentioned. We know what we mean when we say them, and I don't think we mean to say anything bad. Um, but sometimes when we talk about it, it's helpful, I think, to to put ourselves on uh, maybe those who are receiving the serving or receiving the generosity uh, that the church has showed up to bring. Um, and I don't always know that we show up super well uh, like that. Uh, I heard someone use the example one time a number of years ago is really striking to me. Uh, and I, I striking probably because at some point I've been guilty of it unintentionally. Uh, you know, you show up, uh, to a, a serving opportunity and it says, you know, it's like a branded t-shirt for the church and it says serving the least and the last and the lost, uh, and the folks uh, that are there in, in a place of need, uh, who are receiving the generosity from the church are forced to kind of ask, well, gosh, I, I wonder what category they think of me in. Am I one of the least? Am I one of the last? Am I one of the lost? Um, and so I always just want to be, I want to be aware, aware of how we're saying what we're talking about when we show up. Um, so I think sometimes we show up again with all the good intentions in the world uh, to to solve the day and to be the heroes, you know, whether that's financially or spiritually or, you know, whatever it is, economically, like we show up heroically. Um, when I think about this image of glitter, uh, you know, it's it's something that's so small and insignificant, and it's just in all of the corners, like it's just around, but it reflects, it reflects light. Uh, what would it look like for us in small ways uh, 
and in, in places that we wouldn't necessarily generally think of it. Uh, we didn't show up to, to solve all the problems of the world or to be the hero of the day, uh, but simply to reflect the generosity of God in and around our community, all the places that we uh, live and work and play. What if we scatter the goodness of God uh, like, like glitter? Um, whether that's in the backed up turn lane by the Krispy Kreme, uh, when everybody else is honking, or whether that's in the produce section, uh, you know, fighting over some food lion fruit, or uh, in our classrooms, or on our soccer field with our teams, or on Microsoft Teams <laughs> with our teams, uh, what would it look like for us to scatter scatter the goodness of God? Um, if we're going to reflect the generosity of God, uh, it may be helpful for us to, to talk about what that generosity looks like. And so that's what we'll spend some of our time today today doing. I want to do that uh, by turning to a parable, uh, often called the parable of the sower. Um, it's, it's, a, it's like a very, a very traditional, standard rabbinic, like a rabbi would have told a parable like this. Uh, not just Jesus, but other rabbis of Jesus's day uh, would have used this kind of same fourfold um, uh, sort of parable. And we hear it in all, all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, but here's how it goes. This is uh, Matthew's version, chapter 13, verse one through nine. Uh, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat beside the sea. Uh, so, such great crowds came around him that he got into a boat and he sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach, right? So he gets in a boat, kind of pushes himself offshore a little bit. Uh, everybody's standing on the beach, like an amp, it's like an amphitheater, right? So everybody can hear what he's saying. And he says, uh, tells him lots of parables, but this is the first one. Listen, a sower, farmer, went out to sow seed. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. They sprang up quickly, but since they had no depth of soil when the sun rose, they were quickly scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears to hear Listen, now, uh, Jesus is going to go on and interpret this, uh, interpret this parable for us. So uh, if you want to know exactly what Jesus thinks this parable means, um, you can go on and, and read Jesus' exact words, like we've captured them here. Uh, and again, he walks through what we would have expected out of this parable. There's four different types of soil. Those who hear the word of Torah, uh, or in Jesus' case, those who hear his words. Um, if their heart is rich and tilled up and ready to receive uh, to hear and to obey the words of Jesus or the words of, of teaching of God, the Torah, um, then great fruitfulness will grow out of that disciple. And there's all sorts of different types of disciples. In fact, there's three other types where the word of God does not uh, find itself rooted so deeply uh, and the fruitfulness uh, comes and goes or doesn't come at all. Um, again, uh, this parable is about how we as disciples, as followers of Jesus, how we hear and obey, how we respond to the teachings of Christ, to the word of God in our lives. That's what this parable, that's what this parable is about. That's what this parable is about. Um, this week, as we think about the generosity of God, I, I'd like to just look at this parable from a slightly different angle. Um, and I recognize that this is not how Jesus interpreted this parable. And I, I recognize that there is a risk in, in reading too far into parables like this, uh, further than maybe we should. Um, but I think 
I think it's helpful. It's been helpful for me to see this parable from a slightly different angle. Uh, and I don't think that what I'm saying is inconsistent with the nature and character of God that we would see in any other scriptures uh, that we're talking about it. Um, this week, I want to focus on the farmer. I want to focus on the farmer, right? Which is the God character in this particular, uh, in this particular parable. Um, and, and any farmer worth her or his weight uh, in, you know, in, in seed <laughs> uh, would, would know that you should only scatter the grain that you have in the places where that grain is likely to bear good fruit. Uh, seed is expensive. Seed is expensive. And so why waste it by scattering it? And uh, other um, versions of this talk about the, the farmer with like handfuls of seed, just scattering abundantly and generously in all of these places where the seed is unlikely to bear any fruit, right? Any good farmer would know that you you want to sow, sow your grain, your seed, only in places um, where it's likely to take root and grow and, and you know, yield a bountiful harvest. So, so what does it say about the generosity of God that this sower is sowing so extravagantly in places uh, where the likelihood of a good yield or a good outcome uh, is, is likely to be? Um, not stingily sowing where there might but probably won't be a yield, but instead um, sowing extravagantly regardless of the likelihood uh, that it will take root. Um, to me, that suggests uh, that our God is a God whose generosity, whose posture of generosity towards us um, is not dependent on our ability to respond. It's not dependent on what the outcome of that's going to be. Our God chooses to sow extravagantly and abundantly regardless of those things. Now, um, I'll be honest, when I read this passage, uh, it's helpful, uh, I think, to ask reflective questions. You know, is my heart, um, you know, maybe hard earth? Is, are there thorns that are growing up in and around uh, my heart? Like, But I, I ask those questions always with this sort of backstop default of, well, gosh, good things have happened in my life. Like the word of God has taken root in my life and I'm so grateful for that. So every time I want to ask an evaluative question about the condition of my heart, I do so with this kind of default assumption in the background that I am a good disciple, right? I'm a disciple who has good soil um, in his heart. Um, and, and I don't know that that would be your struggle, but that's mine. And yet, and yet, um, that has not always been the case for me, right? Uh, it might be where I am now, but it hasn't always been the case for me. Um, my heart has been a heart made of hard, dry-packed clay. My heart has been uh, a shallow one. My heart has been one where thorns and thicket and kudzu and ivy have choked out good things. My heart has been all of those things. And yet it is because of the generosity of God that God's good word continued to find itself sowed into those places of my life, into the, when that was the condition of my heart. Thanks be to God that our God is a God who sows generously and not stingily. Thanks be to God that our God, whose generosity, whose posture of generosity towards us is not dependent on the likelihood of outcome, but whose generosity is found in proportion to the hope 
that the grace of God can soften the hardest of hearts, can clear the thickest of thorns, and can bring and yield good and wonderful fruit. I, we, like all of us, are the result of a God whose generosity did not stop, did not stop sowing abundantly in places that were not likely to yield good fruit. God's gracious generosity is not in response to our readiness to receive it. It is simply an outflow of the nature and character of God. Now, here's the trick. You and I, we're we're made in the image of God. And if this is the nature and character of God, then it is also our nature and character. We have been created, like we are hardwired to be this kind of generous. We've been created to be this extravagant and this abundant in the way we offer ourselves and our lives and the goodness of God, the word of God to everyone that we meet. To suggest that we're not is to live in a way that is counter to who we've been created to be and to call that normal or human nature as we sometimes call it. So I'm wondering for us out loud together today, how would our posture towards others change if we reflected this kind of generosity? How would our posture towards others change if we reflected this kind of generosity? I believe that we are generous because it's in our nature to be generous, because we are created in the image of a generous sower, of a generous God, that that's who we are. I believe that we are generous because God has chosen to sow generously with us into hearts poorly conditioned to bear fruit. And I believe that we are called, not commanded, but called, invited to live into the fullness of our generous nature, to be generous people in proportion to our hope, in proportion to our faith and the spirit of God to bring forth fruit, not in proportion to our uh, anticipated outcome. I'd like to leave us with some questions this morning with all these things in mind. The first is this. Um, Who in your life, like glitter, has reflected the generosity of God by scattering goodness in your life? Whose flash of glitter has helped you know the love of God? And then I want to ask kind of a question about you. Where are you reflecting this sort of generous image of God? Where are you showing up like glitter, reflecting this generosity in the lives of others? And if it's harder to answer that second question because it's about you, um, or if you can't see it, uh, then perhaps you could ask a friend or a family member where they see you doing it. Uh, Friends, together, I would like to invite us in this month to consider the nature and character of God who has been so generous to us and invite us to like glitter scatter the goodness of God in all the places that we live, work, and play, because that's who we are. We'll see you next week. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. 
Uh, and while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Varina area. Um, fvumc.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.